We're back. By the way, Sarah made an executive decision. We talked about it last week. Hey, why not just do season 152, like a full year? Because we originally had talked about it ending at 49. Which, by the way, is this 49? 49, here we are. And she made an executive decision. It's over. Season one is over. We are moving to season two. We're not even going to ask her what number we're going to go to in season two. We're just going to go with it. But it's, so anyway, be on the lookout next week for season two, episode number one. But hey, we're going to stick to 49 right now. Last week, Sarah left off with, hey, the teaser. I'm going to talk about this little strategy I do that um, helps buyers I guess that are potentially looking for, they're happy about the home they just found. Potentially they may move forward, but you know what? What if something better comes along? You know what? 27 years ago, if I would have said, hey, what if something better comes along than this lady? I would probably wouldn't be married for 27 years. So my wife, Wendy, good news, 27 years. Matt, how many years? 11. Man, what would have happened like like uh, 10 years ago? You know what? Something better may come along. What would have happened there? Yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked out. But I knew there wasn't going to be. Sometimes you just know. So you, you had know. that gut instinct. Yeah, I bet you did. Well, it's interesting because I feel like, yes, I had a gut instinct, but I always feel like housing, I've always, I've walked through that front door and, and, and I, I've had a condo. I built a home so we didn't really have that experience. We went through the display and had a great feeling. But then we um, bought our next home and then we built. But the two that were existing, we walked through the front door and we go, we're buying these. And we just had that gut feeling. And um, not everybody does that. Not everybody has that feeling. Did you on your your, uh, current home? Mm -hmm. Yep. What happened? Well, so we, I had been watching it and it was an interesting time in real estate. It was, the, it was November, so it was a little bit quieter and it had continued to have price adjustments. And so I was like, if this house goes below <laughs> this number and doesn't sell, we're going to go look at it. And then it did. We went and looked at it and then we were like, okay, this is, we gotta, we gotta get this house. So, and then we did. So then, yeah. but, but there's that little insecurity in the back of your mind, like, why does it keep dropping? Oh, yeah. Why don't people like my <laughs> home that I like? Or did that not hit you? Well, there, there was a butt factor. So going back to last last week, I talked about the butt factor. Can you live with the butt factor? If you know my home, there's a little bit of a driveway situation. So that was the butt factor. And the way they took the photos, you could not tell that the driveway was that way. Um, but that didn't, that didn't scare me at all because I have a backup camera and so um but there was definitely a reason it didn't sell at the higher price so so you you look at it for so did you ever drive by when it was taking price adjustments or no no because i so it was funny and this is this is interesting we're we're uh, going a whole different it. way but we're gonna learn about uh, the psychology so you what you happen to see this online or yeah what? so it's funny with this uh well i was an agent when i bought my current house just so, and I had had it saved in my shopping cart and 
if you don't think your buyers are looking at houses that are more than they're approved for, you're wrong. And uh, so that's what I was doing. And I had been watching it because it had, it had, had a significant, it, would, it was it was a divorce situation. They they were doing the slow play and they were dropping it like 15,000 every two weeks or something. It had been going on for a while. So I had it in my cart and I was like, I'm not even going to go look at it. I think I know other people feel that same way because then you're going to love it and you can't get it. So I, I was like, I'll just keep it. And then if it goes below, then I knew, I knew what price I was a buyer. And I was like, more than likely other people are probably also a buyer at that price. Um, and so I said, I'll wait that weekend. And if it doesn't sell by that weekend, that Monday, then we'll go look at it. And so then it did. And then it was still in the market. And then we went and looked at it. And I had talked to the agent. Uh, interestingly enough in real estate, the agent that was the listing agent for it was the listing agent on the house we bought before so it was just a funny small world the whole thing um and so it all worked out but you never drove by to at least get an idea of like i could see living in this house or not no but then once we were under contract i drove by like almost every day like a psycho (laughs) and did you ever be like yeah no or were you just all in so you know no we were so all in I mean it it, it's actually still like it's just funny how everything works out but I was like I remember thinking I can't believe I could own a house like this like you know just just like it was just a cool thing and so we were completely all in so that's such a proud moment yeah and and you know what as a buyer it's well you were representing yourself yep but if you had an agent at that time it would have been interesting because you know you're it's interesting because you were all in at x price you were so excited but you your agent maybe wasn't along for the journey mm-hmm. of like it's starting too high you at least letting them know hey i like this i'm going to keep my they didn't you know it would have been interesting and then when the agent brings you out if the butt was the driveway an agent maybe could have been really negative Oh yeah. And then it's like, well, I don't even like this agent. This is my house. So it's weird. You learn a lot about how to handle these situations. Yep. Yep. Well, and I think honestly, if I were, if I were my agent, like if it was two different people, I wouldn't have brought that house to my attention because it was over my budget until that final price drop. So it's very unique situation, but for me as an agent, I have a shopping cart saved of homes over by like 25,000 that I'm just watching because the market right now is also a little bit interesting that there's some homes sitting where there's an opportunity there and you need to always have your eye. Not everything is going to be multiple offers. Not everything you're going to have to pay over asking. Like you've definitely got to have a really great gauge on um, the market and also on your buyers. So for a buyer, you um so they have x budget it sounds like today your setting which we talked about last week maybe a little bit different x uh $500,000 buyer today you may search higher whereas in the heart of the summer this year you're probably if their budget is 500 you may not even be showing them $500,000 oh, homes no. yeah. what what does that 100%. look like what did, what did, and then also like are you um searching must have four beds but I'll search for a three if it has a finit like what 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 can the listeners leverage because there's some things that you may be missing mm-hmm. as an agent helping your client if you don't think outside the box or really know 
the market because we've seen homes with wrong school districts and other. Yep. So yep. what what is your strategy if you had a buyer today? It sounds like you you maybe would go a tad higher on their search. What else? Well, so you're absolutely right. So last April, I would say, or maybe March, if a buyer was um, pre-approved at 500, we were looking at like 425. I mean, just to be very real, because also that's just a really interesting price point because that's like potentially an upsizer. Um, There's not as much inventory of those. And so if they're nice, they go fast, they go over asking. And a lot of the time in that buyer pool, buyers are not contingent on financing. They are very strong. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a, just a, a whole nother level um, when it comes to that. So you definitely want to make sure again, that you're setting expectations and it's hard sometimes hard pill to swallow for somebody to say, okay, wait a minute, I'm, I'm approved at 500,000. I have to look at $425,000 houses. And it's like, well, yeah, but here's why, because what we're seeing is traditionally with a nice home, they're selling 50,000 plus over asking. So if you don't want to spend more than 500, that's probably where we need to start. And then we can go from there or we need to cast a wider net is always something else that we can do just to see what else is available if there's other areas that you'd consider and then what story those tell. And the thing is that agents need to focus. There's always going to be an element of feelings associated with real estate. There's a gut. Like I, I trust my gut in a lot of instances and mm, sometimes my gut's not right. And then I'm like, wait a minute. It, it always kind of shakes me a little bit. Cause I usually feel like I have a pretty good pulse, but, but you also have to really heavily rely on facts, especially in, I'd say, I guess every market we're in, you need to rely on facts. And so the more you can leverage those, the better. So if my buyer is saying, uh, here are my non-negotiable must-haves and, you know, it's obviously an area that they're looking in and then maybe like a bed bath, like you said, and I am going with them and taking a journey through the MLS and saying, okay, what's even sold with your must-have non-negotiables in the last year? And of those, how many of those would you live in? Would you have lived in? And then of those, what did they end up selling for versus what did they end up listing for? And then of those, you know, again, would you have paid what they sold for? Do you think that that's fair? And then if that was six months or a year ago, what does that look like now in the current market? Um, and then again, it's, it's great because there's some feelings involved, but it's based in fact, which helps to seal the deal. And I think it also helps give you credibility because you're not the bad guy or bad girl agent who's negative. No, here's the real. You said from last week, this is a six out of seven, but you may wait. And so if I hear you correctly, your strategy that you wanted to talk about last week was great. This is a six, a seven, maybe a bigger yard that, um, I don't know, protected by trees, whatever it is. Yep. You, If I hear you correctly though, and, and that home is 500,000, Three to four bed, two and a half bath, ranch. If I hear you correctly, your strategy is awesome. Let's take a look just for comparison purpose. Let's see what's sold let, over the last year. Yep. And so your strategy is look, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, there's only been two homes, and at 500,000, there wasn't a single. This happens to be five. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to sell over, but this 500,000. You probably, and you're, I'm pre approved at six. So you may recommend if there's only two and they've both sold at 575 and this is on at 500. If I hear you correctly, you're not going with, you may have a gut that it's five, 
55, 75, but you're just going to show me. Is that right? Yes. Well, and, and that's actually the most beautiful is when that happens because then you're seeing a clear trend. And so you're like, okay, uh, this one's price of five, which almost feels low, which we've all seen. We've seen where they, they bring out a listing at lower than what they believe it's actually worth because they want to create a little bit of a frenzy. Uh, and then the two that are the most similar sold at 575 all day. We're now a 575 buyer if they feel comfortable with it. However, because I think that this one, there's no inventory now, maybe there was a little bit of inventory then. And maybe this one has one feature that those didn't, obviously you're going to have to do your homework and be able to compare and contrast. Maybe you go, maybe you're a six, maybe, maybe you go all in at that point. And again, it just makes this, it just makes it such an easier just conversation to create that strategy based off those comps and then knowing what you know now in the current market. And then ultimately we can't make any decisions. We always like to say we can't make any decisions for our buyers. We give them all of the, you know, the, the information that we can provide and then they have to do what's best for them. And then at the end of the day, we always kind of say, if you heard it sold for X, would you have said I would have paid that? And then if they say yes, then say, great, okay, I think we should go. If they say no, this is it, I'm like, great, I can sleep at night. I feel good about it. You feel good about it. Let's write it up and, and see where see where it lands. So it's 500. They, um, you're recommending based on comps and other 550. Just, and, and you're, look, if this were my brother, sister, I would advise you to pay 550. No, that's too high. No problem. I certainly respect that. I believe that we have to go in with your strongest. Your strongest is, and they say, well, 445. Great. So I just want to make sure at 446, 440 or 546, 547,000, you're cool losing this. Is that what I hear your strategy? Would exactly. Be? Yep. If you heard, so if they're like, oh no, we're not 550, that, that won't work. We're, if you heard it sold for 550, you would not have wanted to pay 550. No. Great. Then that's, then we're doing 547. Okay. I feel good about it. But that way you're setting expectations. And then if it, if they don't get it, and you had had that discussion that, hey, it appears based off comps that this could go over that. How do you feel? Are you? And, and then it does. Then you're like, okay, that's fine. Now we're going to save it in our shopping cart. We'll revisit once it closes. But at least we have a benchmark now that if something else similar to this comes along, we're probably going to have to go higher than 547. So we're going to wrap this up in a sec. But I'm going to play buyer real quick. But Sarah, I don't want to overpay for this house. Well, I totally understand that and I appreciate that. And I've had other buyers that have felt the exact same way. However, based off comps and also the the competition surrounding this home and how many showings we know it's had and the fact that it has multiple offers, I would say that other people feel the same as you, that the value is there in this home and based off the projects that you're planning on doing to continue to improve the value, I think that we're in a comfortable, comfortable spot where I don't believe you'll be overpaying. And I also can base it off the comps that we've seen and the sales, the consistency of the value in this neighborhood. Um, however, at the end of the day, it's your choice and I'll support that. So what you end up wanting to, to write is what I'll write for you. So there's a bunch of nuggets in there. We'll go cover a couple. One of the nuggets is Sarah paid attention to how many showings there were, 
had a conversation with the agent just to gain. By the way, you can never rely on an agent to call you when they get another contract. And that no, if it's a great contract, they're very likely going to accept that. But Sarah did her homework to talk to the agent, to pay attention to the activity around the home. Number one. Number two, paid attention to the MLS, what has sold over the last year, what comps are, where there are a hundred of these similar homes. That means next year there may be a hundred or where there are only two or three. By the way, trends are pretty consistent. So if over the last couple of years, there's only been a few of these, there's probably next year only going to be a few of these. So again, by you understanding the market, understanding what's happening with this home, having the right dialogue scripts, understanding what the client, look, I know that these are important to X, Y, or Z, but the most, most important is ultimately I'm going to support you, Mr. and Mrs. Byer, with whatever you want to do. I just am here to provide the information. Would that be a good synopsis? Perfect. Hey, it's about educating your clients, giving them the information we have access to incredible information. Just use it. And it's a beautiful crutch. And the information is the bad person, not you. You're still maintaining a beautiful relationship. Hey, we're going to call it a day.